Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Hendy. And this is Paul, also known as Eastex Twitch. But wait, did, who? Paul, you know, your co-host. Co-host? Co-host of what? Co-host of this show, Tactfully Die. Wait, wait, wait. This is a show? We're recording now? Well, when you actually remember to hit the record button, yes. You seem a little more forgetful than usual. You okay? I, I don't know. This strange man approached me, uh, and a light from a symbol on his forehead resonated with me somehow. Do you remember what the symbol looked like? Was it a dragon's crest? No, no. I think it was two letters. A? W? A-W? Oh no! Arena Watch strikes again. Darn those guys. Now, Pendy, you've got to remember. Remember the power of the Aces Guild. Concentrate like your banner pulls depend on it. Yes, banner pulls. Aces, a anniversary tower, gems, need more gems, is starting to come back. That's more like it. Well, while Penny recovers his memory, I'll go ahead and welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, and the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest Tact first. Good. I have intentions to talk some tact. Well... We are winding down the Final Fantasy event and heading into the Halloween event. In fact, now we're right in the middle of the Halloween event. So we are. The international version of TACT is around three to four months behind Japan. So we still get these holiday-themed events way after they originated. It's a little goofy. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's still good to get them, though. They do have very valuable characters and rewards, of course. Of course. <laughs> Speaking of rewards, how did you do in the War of the Visions Large Battle EX? That was a, a big, big one for us during that event. The battle in which we selected like 10 units and fought against Bahamut and some really tough allies? Yeah. Well, I placed around the top 2,000 or so. I know that's not very high, but I just didn't have the time to dedicate to replaying it. I still got maybe like 3,000 reward gems, though. Which is fine. How about you? I ended up with a score of just about 280,000. This got me 159th place and 4,500 out of a possible 5,000 gems that you could get. I think you had to score in the top 100 to get 5,000. Uh, plus that score got me tens of thousands of gold, which is a great plus as well. As your score went higher and higher, they had re rewards where you got like uh, the Final Fantasy ribbon piece of equipment and you got more gold as your score got higher. Uh, I used a Japanese strategy built for a lower level team that gets around 270k. I was able to adjust my equipment for my higher level characters and got an even better score. It was close, though. I mean, really close. Like at one point, Ifrit hit my Erdrick, who barely survived in the middle of the fight. And when I say barely, I mean barely. He had eight HP left. Eight! It was a miracle. Yeah, that's close. I'm glad it worked out. We should talk about our Know the Results first pulls. In this banner, you get a pull of 50 characters with at least five guaranteed S pulls. You can see the results first and choose to keep it for 3,000 paid gems or throw it away with no penalty other than great shame. <laughs> Our guild had a lot of people show up for that pull party, which is always fun. Even you were there, weren't you? Yes, indeedy. I got lucky and I actually had eight rainbow S pulls during that wow. uh, one pull. Uh, I got some good dupes with mine, uh, but my big get of the night was my very first murder. Woo. I was happy to finally get them. 
Uh, I got a dupe of him as well when I did some of some more of those anniversary pulls that I hadn't done yet. How about you? I remember yours was pretty good, too. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Let's see. I fully maxed rough. So maybe yeah. someday I'll actually get to blossom and take advantage of him. Oh, I heard he's a tough, tough one, too. I've actually gotten my butt kicked in real time arena with uh, with somebody's rough. Took out two of my characters like all at once on the first turn. I was like, whoa, OK, he's pretty good. <laughs> Sounds like that fight was rough. <laughs> But yeah, the thing is, he has no HP at all, but he has great range and he's fast. So glass cannon. um, Yeah, if I can blossom him, then sure. Why not? So I also got a third heart on Fallen Angel Corvus, which is really nice because that makes him more viable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I got a third heart on Humanoid or Godemir. And then later I got a fourth heart from the paid separate paid pull on him. Great. So I got him up to four. Maxed out Alina, and that was it. So, um, yeah, and that's pretty cool, because you still get to use Alina sometimes. Oh, yeah. I I used her sometimes in RTM as well, because she's just one of those characters that can disrupt some people's strategies, because she gets to go so fast and so far. Kind of like Ruff. Yeah, for sure. If you can just get her to really hit him before she gets confused, it's a good thing. Yeah. So... As a whole, all of us did pretty well on that Know Your Pull first banner, and we only had one person who trashed his pull. Yeah, that poor guy. I forget who it was, but it was pretty bad. It was mostly a bunch of curls, I think. Uh, But getting back to the current Halloween event, uh, did you pull on that banner? Yes. Our guild had a pull party the night the Halloween event started. I had to rush through the new event content during this voice chat party in order to reach... 33,000 gems, which was enough to do the paid Veronica pull and to complete the 1010 pull banner, the the big Halloween banner. So Veronica eluded me. No luck there. But I did get, let's see, I got a fourth heart on Grey Gnarl, which is great because I like him being good. I got a second heart on Sagittar, and Sagittar is a pretty good unit, so the stronger he gets, the better. I used to use him a lot in the beginning. Yeah, I remember that. You got him a lot earlier than me. Mm-hmm. And there's still times like if you need a zap unit or just the the wide range that he's good for that. Yeah. And let's see, I got a second heart on the the wish guy. What's his name again? The uh, witch- Jamiris. Oh, Jamiris. Oh, he's like one of the best, especially once you get once you once you get a lot of hearts on him, especially like those wind whoosh abilities that he have are just tremendous. Yes, I hope I can get there someday. But those three units were three that I really wanted. So Mm. I'm glad I got a new heart on each of them. Then I also got a first heart on Extreme Killing Machine. Isn't that what he's called? The little floaty blue guy? Yes. Yeah. And a first heart on whatever that guy's called. What is that guy called? The undead guy? Oh, King Godwin. From Dragon Quest Nine. Right, right. King Godwin. Yeah. To my great shame, I've never played Dragon Quest Nine, even though oh. I own it. <laughs> now, first it was Dragon Quest Eight. Now, now in this episode, it's Dragon <laughs> Quest Nine. You're you're banned from this this podcast. You, I know. Give me a life that gives me a lot more free time, and I'll be all over those <laughs> classics. Well, you know, I'm hoping. I wouldn't recommend you necessarily going back to the old Dragon Quest Nine. I, I'm sure they're going to make a remake of it at some point. I know that's been a very long time, but it's Dragon Quest. It's too popular in Japan that they're not going to do it at some point. So when they do eventually do a Dragon Quest Nine remake and you can take advantage of all the stuff that's harder to get now because of the online connection kind of deal to download stuff. Yeah, I highly recommend that you try it out. That would be really nice. And yeah, if if we had online play and we could just play with anybody else who buys it, it'd be so easy to play with more people. My fiance, yeah. with with you, with other people in our guild. Exactly. Yeah, it'd exactly. be a wonderful experience. So I hope that will come to pass. 
Yeah, but uh, I did uh, mine a little bit later because I wasn't able to make the party. Um, I didn't do the the entire 10 pulls. I got enough so that I got two guaranteed S rank pulls. So I got maybe halfway through it. Yeah. Um, and I did, I didn't, I'm not going to do the paid on uh, Veronica, but I did the free tickets, didn't get anything. Well, I got the A level zombie Good. monster, yeah. whatever he is. I got him too. And, but when I did. Lumbering I, Jack. Yeah, that's it. And I did about five on the the Halloween special banner pool, and I got three good pulls. Where mm-hmm. one of them I was able to max out Gray Gnarl, so now my Gray Gnarl has five hearts. Um, I got my Excellent. fourth heart on Gold Digger. I've been getting a lot of Gold Diggers recently, Lucky. so that's cool. <laughs> and then my fifth, not my fifth, but my last good unit that i got out of that was i maxed out my sagittar Ooh. not that i use him anymore but i'm hoping that eventually he's a unit that gets a really good blossom because he was a good unit when he came out so i'm assuming that hopefully they'll treat him right and when they eventually give him a blossom that he also becomes a viable unit again too but every once in a while in specialty events i might use him here and there for for different uh unlockable content sometimes right on i think he's better than most of the other killing machines anyway yeah, I think so. He's probably probably the Uber killing machine is still not not too bad with his sis attack um, and his his other attacks that he's got. But probably yeah, probably Sagittar is probably the best of the ones that we have so far. And well, you know, you know the 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 OG the killing machine with his blossoms not too shabby either. So I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of a it's but but Sagittar probably edges everybody out. I would say in usefulness. Yeah, I think so. Just by having better range, because even yeah. original killing machine, even with his blossom, still doesn't have wonderful range. Yeah, and I think one of his perks, once you get him to like three hearts, is that his attacks can uh, sometimes stun people as well. So that's a nice perk. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. But uh, what about the uh, Final Fantasy event that just ended? I heard you went really big with going for Omega Weapon. As a matter of fact, I did. I had him at three hearts pretty early on, and that was after using Awakening Crystals and using my Rainbow Coin, because I... I think he's worth the rainbow coin since he, you know, like we we're only going to have this one shot to get him and he is the top tier unit. So that I did that. I had him at three hearts and I was going to leave it there. But then I looked at how many gems I had because I had a- acquired a decent amount and it was like, well, it's not that many more pulls to a guaranteed S. It was still some more. So anyway, I just went ahead and went big on it. It took me. So I had done the paid pull, of course, already. And it's I got to the 26th 10 pull. And got him his fifth heart, which was pretty good because it could have gone worse. You know, like I, I was not eligible for the pity after the fourth one. So I was right. just really hoping. And yes, thank goodness I got that fifth heart with 26 pulls, which is more than I'd like. Because, uh, I mean, my fiance, I think she did it in like 14 or some crazy oh, low number. Like, wow, very nice. Yeah. I forget, but it was definitely less of mine. And then we had a different guy in our guild, Mesmeron, who it took him 51 or 52 pulls, oh, which is so much worse. Our, so. our resident our resident whale of our guild. <laughs> He's got well, five hearts on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does on a lot of them. But because he spent so much on that one, he didn't get an additional heart on Phoenix or, or maybe um, Bahamut, if I remember right. Oh, OK. So, okay. yeah, he just went crazy in on Omega. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful to have a five heart unit because I never specifically go after a five heart unit while the banner is still there. You know, like some people maxed out their Airdrix, but I was still broke from the the whatever the big banner was that came right before it, so I couldn't do that. So anyway, yeah, I've got this Omega guy. It's great to have him. It makes me a little sad that the real time tournament ended like right after that, so I haven't got to really fight other people with him yet. Because hmm. like, yeah, I did too much. 
with this one. Um, <laughs> I had Omega at two hearts, and all I was just banking, you know, trying to go for was three. I was like, if I get three, then I'm happy. Then he's he's viable and he's a good unit at three hearts. And I, I did a few pulls and I got it. And but then good. where I stopped, um, my next pull on that banner on that was a guaranteed S unit, and I had some gems left over, not that many. And I thought to myself, well, why not, right? You know, free, you know, guaranteed S rank, might as well see what I get. Not expecting to get an Omega weapon, but of course, I end up getting my fourth Omega weapon with that last guaranteed S pull on the next, the very next pull. So I remember seeing. How you said that the fifth and final one was really good, and I was like, ah, you know, I can't just leave it at four because this guy's never mm-hmm. come back again. Indeed. So I just went, I just went for it after that. I had already used shards to get an earlier heart, and you know, a few too many pulls later, and I finally got it. I don't know how far in on the stamp book I went, but it was pretty far. <laughs> but I got five heart Omega weapon now, so he's he's my guy. So you didn't have a rainbow coin available, or you were just saving it? Oh, I'm saving that. I'm actually going to save that for the for solo for the Dragon Quest Four protagonist. I guess it's the same difference, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you got it. Yeah, because if I if I had I had enough to do that, but if I had spent it now, I know I would not have enough to have 150 to get another one for by the time four comes around. So that I'm like, that's that's the unit I really really want as well. So I'm like, no save it for four i'll save it for solo reasonable i'm already up to 26 rainbow coins now so that's that's a decent start but also i hope not to have any major big banners for a while you know right yeah I'm, I'm gonna chill out for a little bit i don't think i'm gonna too hard go too hard on joker i'm waiting for four to come back around to get that go for that hero but you know we'll we'll both be rocking out uh, maxed out omega weapons now that's pretty cool you know among other things that will be really good for our next guild tournament especially for our defense teams you're right and i sure hope it pays off speaking of guild tournaments the latest one ended earlier this week we lost a qualifying fight to the top guild in the game which is an asian guild whose name trans Translates to Starfall. I prefer to think of them as Asian characters or Chinese characters. Mm -hmm. And we got bumped into the gold tournament. Yeah, we did very well in the gold tourney, though, and cruised to first place. Right on. And since we played the top guild, we got to see their defense strategies, which will help us improve our own defenses in the future. That's right. It's not just that they had whale teams. They had very effective defensive setups and strategies as well. Did you learn anything from it? Oh, yeah. I learned that they would build their teams, most of their teams, around like one or two defensive units and put buff on everyone else. In doing so, their offensive units never strayed too far from their cover units unless you baited them. And if you got too aggressive, well, then it was all over. So I won my match against one of their units, but it was slow going with baiting one unit after the other against a very difficult team. Yes, and as I understand it, after having done so, you became a master baiter, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, became one, huh? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you weren't already like that. Anyway, I didn't win my match. But I don't feel too bad about it. I usually need some help with selecting my team. I think that's that's a part that I just don't quite have the the same skills as some of our better strategic people do. But uh, nobody wanted to pitch in when they saw who we were matched up against that time. You know, they threw in the towel. So, um, but I never hope we face them again because, yeah, I'd rather get matched up. I'd rather more even matches. I just wish the game would do that more. But anyway, how did you fare in the single arena and the real-time matchmaking tournament. So I was uh, back in form. I was able to get another first-place finish in single arena. I was happy to get that on my way to that uh, trophy for getting 10 of them. 
Ooh. someday. I think I'm at <laughs> six or seven now. I bet. Ten. Uh, I did. Uh, the next week after that, I did lose a unit. So that didn't happen. And then so far, uh, I lost another unit in the no weight limit week. I got uh, a little greedy, went oh. got too aggressive and and lost a guy. So I'm, I've am i been perfect beyond that. But oh, well, I'll, I'll go back and uh, I'll get some more first place finishes in the, in the future. But I got one since then after having the three, three or four in a row and then having a couple of not as good weeks. So it was nice. I got a first place win in there. So I was happy. In uh, RTM, though, I did make it up to Legend, which was really nice. Uh, next time, I'll have to invest more time in it. You know, I, I do it here and there, but, you know, I could have done a lot more uh, time into it. And I ended up finishing at 129th place. If I invested a little bit more time into it, I probably could have cracked the top 100, which gets you a thousand more gems. How about you? Well, you did fine. I thought I took a screenshot of my real-time turn tournament results but apparently not but i think i ended at master four something like that and it was all a matter of time because the time windows since they adjusted them are not actually good for me anymore so Mm. don't get as many opportunities as i would like also in the single arena tournament this week i had one fight where i lost two units it just did not go my way i can't remember exactly why but all the others have been fine so Mm. i hope i'll do fine for the rest of the week we'll see last but not least An interesting challenge from the recently ended event was the second anniversary tower. It consisted of 50 floors of tough fights. Oh, yeah. You know, 80 gems a floor for 4,000 gems total if you could complete every floor. I was able to clear the whole thing. Towards the end, I was using a lot of guides. There is a Japanese website that listed all the Japanese YouTube guides for it. It was fantastic. There were like five to eight different guides per floor, and they even had like low-level team guides at that. So how high did you get with your climb to glory? I hit floor 40, the one with royal reptiles and forest dragons. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and I stopped there. Like, I didn't have any trouble until then, but I tried a few different things there, and I stopped. I would have liked to follow a video guide to get farther, but I just couldn't make the time for that, alas. Ah, well, that's not bad. For me, I really should have stopped at 47. It was nice to finish off the entire tower to have that sense of accomplishment, but I wasted way too much time on those last three floors. You know, I had to find just the right guide and manipulate my character's equipment in my own way to make it work just right. Those last three floors were just not were not easy guide or no guide hey good job though i hate having to manipulate equipment but that's the world we live in man <laughs> did you get a look at any of the upcoming events hell yeah i can't wait for the next uh, dragon quest 4 event as i mentioned before that mm-hmm. will be the next big hero we get uh solo as i said before the male protagonist from the game you know i hope we also eventually get the female versions from three and four as well that'd be nice yeah Uh, Did you see the uh, Japanese commercial for this event? It was hilarious. There's this guy in a heel slime suit who jumps off the Zenithian castle with Mina and Mara next to him. They talk about where they're going to land on the grid-based tact battlefield below, and the poor heel slime gets put right in front of, uh, I think, in front of Amon. (laughs) So he's toast. Indeed. Yeah, I love that commercial. It, I love, um, They've done a few other live-action commercials, and they're always deeply entertaining. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all about that. But didn't the commercial get pulled from YouTube or something? Yeah, it did. Like, I went back to the link, uh, and I went to the link from the official tax site, and it just says private viewing only now. It's it's For some reason, it's no longer available on YouTube, so I don't know what happened to it. It was so, it was so funny, too. It reminded me of, like like you said, like the other commercials they've done, like when they did the Erdrick commercials and they had like Zoma and Erdrick in it talking to each other in a bar mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it was it was great. 
I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, that's a real shame. But didn't you say it was still on Twitter, though? No, that's where that was one of the places that I went to find uh, okay. where it was at. And the Twitter link uh, just connects to the YouTube link. And that's where uh, it says it's gone. So I don't know why. And I hope somebody downloaded it. Yeah, I hope so. Because that would be nice to have for the future to have that archive somewhere. For sure. Really, really nice piece of media. Yeah. And I mean, they spent enough money making it. So it's got to be some weird Japanese legal thing, I would imagine. They're they're very wacky sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Matters. True. Speaking of wacky Japanese things, did you see the wacky Lawson's event that Japan is getting? Yes. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Lawson's is a popular Japanese convenience store chain, kind of like 7-Eleven or something like that. Uh, they also have two Dragon Quest themed stores in Tokyo and Osaka. Like if you go into these stores, it has Dragon Quest sound effects and, and it's everything's dressed up in Dragon Quest characters wow. and themes. And it's got Dragon Quest merchandise in it. You know, along with the regular stuff that you'd find in a convenience store. It's really cool if you ever get a chance to check out one of them. But they did a tact collaboration and had Lawson's-themed characters, such as an Uber killing machine and Lawson's-themed colors, holding a chicken kebab as his weapon. So this might be an event that we don't get because of how specific it is to a Japanese store, but it would be funny if we did. Fun fact, in the Japanese version of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they don't say strange things are afoot at the Circle K. They say strange things are afoot at the Lawson's. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, not true, though. <laughs> but oh, you got me. It's what they should do. Anyway, <laughs> that Uber killing machine is adorable. They could recolor him or something if they can't use the Lawson's name internationally. You know, they could still give us an equivalent. Hmm. But it's more likely that we just won't get the unit or event. Yeah, we'll see. Now then, before we get into the die portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day. Did you know that the Dragon Quest Tact Reddit page has some fantastic resources right at the top of their page? That's right, tacticians. They have a beginner's guide, a rank up calculator, and most useful of all, a mega database. Check it out to find where you can see information on any character, monster, mission, quest, equipment, item, etc. It's constantly updated and it has anything you can think of in the game and all the possible information in it. That's amazing! That was our tact tip of the day. Tip of the day! Now let's get into some Dai. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Dai anime. We will also cover other news related to Dai that could range anywhere from the recent dub to the upcoming console game to any merchandise we collect or see news about. Sadly, neither one of us plays the mobile game. And we never will. At least not after April, but we'll get to that later in the show. First up is uh, episode 25, the terrifying draconic aura. Dai and his friends do their best to defend against Baran's mighty attacks. Baran is surprised that he can't best die so easily. He realizes Dai's shared experiences with his friends have given him a tremendous amount of power. What will he do to counter this power? The previous episode ended with Baran dishing out a powerful move that could have been the end of Crocodying. That's right. Thankfully, his armor prevented a fatal blow. Baron explains that his draconic aura is powered by his dragon crest on his forehead, gives him tremendous defense, and repels all spells. How nice of him to explain his power, a.k.a. a common anime trope. I will explain to you now how I will defeat you. Ha 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 So it is. Baron then takes off and begins to pummel Crocodine with a flurry of punches. He starts with that old die uppercut special the manga creators love to do so much. 
Baron then gives poor Crocodine a Dragon Crest laser blast that takes out his one good eye. They really like to make Crocodine suffer sometimes. Poor guy. Meanwhile, Princess Leona dives in the water to start healing Dai, where Dai has been knocked into in the previous episode. Pop steps in to challenge Baron to a physical battle, but Crocodine grabs him before he can start. They have a really nice moment where Crocodine kind of, you know, he explains that he can still fight blind because he has this inner eye. And he, you know, explains to Pop that his power mostly comes from the his admiration of Pop's courage from their previous battle. It's a beautiful moment. It is. Braun then threatens to eliminate both of them with an attack. But before he can pull it off, Dai steps in, fully recovered thanks to Leona's full heal spell. Braun attempts a kazap, but Dai throws his sword to block it, lets off an avon strash with his Popnika knife, and then directs Crocodine to coordinate a Beast King Redemption Blast at the same point of attack. Mm-hmm. Merla steps in and starts to heal Crocodine's eye after that, but he doesn't let her fully heal it yet. We find out that Baron was able to protect himself with his Draconic Aura, but he still took some damage. Yes, and Baron realizes that Dai's compassion for his friends has greatly multiplied his powers. The power of friendship. Yeah, baby. With this revelation, Baron powers up his crest to resonate with Dai's and completely wipes out Dai's memory. This move drains too much of Baron's power so that he decides to make a tactical retreat, promising he will be back to claim his son when he recovers. It, you know, and I have to say that Dai falling backwards with his eyes completely lit, lit up like they were in the show was really creepy looking, but it was a nice effect. That's true. Poor Dai. The hero's party then retreats to a nearby cabin where they desperately try to jog little Dai's memory. Yeah, and Pop gets really aggressive about it, too, throwing Dai outside in the rain and thrusting a sword in his hands. Pop's effort does nothing with scare and confuse Dai, though. Dai's mind has become very childlike thanks to the amnesia. Also, throughout the episode, Hadlar, Kilvern, and Zabarera have been keeping tabs on the action via... Zabarera's Hyhydra network. The little asides between Hadlar and Kilvern are also very entertaining. Oh, yeah. Kilvern is messing around with a chessboard during these sequences. Perhaps some foreshadowing here? I won't tell. Couldn't possibly be. But then the story cuts to Baran, who has retreated to a healing pond. There, we meet Baran's three dragon masters or dragon riders, his secret generals. Their names are Skyrider Galdandi, Sea Rider Borahorn, and Landrider Larhart. I love that they come riding in on classic Dragon Quest monsters. The Landrider is on a green dragon. The Sea Rider is on a Wordus. The Sky Rider is on an Ethereal Serpent. Cool mount choices indeed, especially the Ethereal Serpent. And that brings us to the end of the episode. I certainly enjoyed the battle with Baron, especially since it showcased Crocodine's quiet heroism. He's such a great character, even if I don't totally love his English dub voice. What did you think of the episode, Mr. Fancy Pants? Well, let me tell you. No, it was good. Uh, I really loved the animation on Baron. And when he lets loose on Crocodile with those physical attacks, oh, it was really smooth and dynamic action. It was awesome. I loved it. And, the, you know, the amnesia attack that he pulls off is interesting. You know, multiple characters in this episode mentioned the breaking of the bonds between Dai and his friends, you know, which is a big overall theme of the show, hence the name of the mobile game and why it's going to be such a big game mechanic in the upcoming console game as well. I also like the introduction of the Dragon Masters. That was great, too. Mm -hmm. Next, we have episode 26, The Dragon Masters Approach. In this episode, Pop pretends to run away from the fight when he secretly plans to confront the Dragon Masters by himself, giving his friends a chance at possibly defending Dai. Pop puts up a good fight, but is hopelessly outmatched. Will there be anyone that will come to his aid? Why are you asking me? Well, you've seen it, too. <laughs> 
Now then, the episode begins with Braun advising his dragon riders on the plan to recover Dai and take out his friends. They all mount their dragons and head off to find Dai's party. So, I don't recognize the dragon that Braun uses, do you? Uh, it might be a Dai original. It's similar-ish to a green dragon, but it has like a fan of horns on the back of its head that point backward. I thought it was a black dragon, an A-rank unit intact. Uh, maybe. I don't think it looks quite like that, but yeah, who knows? It could just be slightly off-model, you never know. True, but I mean, in the new anime, like they try and make everything like really on model as opposed to like the old anime and the manga. So I don't know. They do, but it's so black that you can't see anything. Okay, so they they just have to approximate. (laughs) Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. (laughs) <laughs> so so Dai and his friends go visit the king of the Tehran kingdom. The king believes that Baran has used a metal wave technique called a psychic signal to block Dai's memories of everyone. The king also senses that Merla has a great power that will someday save humanity. No pressure, though. Merla is able to sense Baran oh. and the dragon riders coming their way, so they decide to stash Dai in the dungeon as it's the easiest way to defend him. This is where Pop puts on his coward act and tells everyone he's giving up the fight to run away. It's tough to watch, even if you know he's faking. They're, they're just all so hurt by it. Oh, I know. Like, Leona is like, it gets to the point of tears, and Crocodine feels utterly betrayed after seeing such courage from him after, you know, he overcame his cowardice before. And then Merla, who's got a huge crush on him, is like, oh, I don't like you anymore. She's like super crushed. It was, it was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, like, there's, I don't see the explanation for why she has a crush on him. She just does, you know, like, I think they should show him doing something that causes her to start having it. But yeah, maybe I've that heard was in this, the manga or something. I've heard that complaint about this, actually, about the manga too, that the, the writer isn't the best when it comes to writing relationships between, between people like that. So maybe that's I just, I can see that. Oh, well. <laughs> but uh, Pop intercepts Baran and his dragon riders. He's able to take out two of the three dragons with his powerful donk spell. Talk about badonkadonk. <laughs> and Baran decides to take off and leave his generals to fight Pop. Pop inadvisably tries to stop Baran, but the sea rider Borahorn holds him back with his chainsickle weapon. Pop counters with a kafriz. But Borahorn is able to neutralize it with his freezing breath. As usual, breath is overpowered in Dragon Quest. <laughs> then after smashing Pop around more with the chain sickle, Larhart advises Borahorn to end the fight and end Pop, because he doesn't believe in toying around. No. Borahorn tosses him towards Larhart's spear, meaning to spike him, but Galdandi has his ethereal serpent catch Pop because he wants to torture Pop more. Pop taunts Galdandi into getting the serpent to bite him, only to cast a sizzle right into the serpent's mouth, exploding it. He's really lucky that his hand didn't get bitten off. You know, there's know, no particular it, reason why that wouldn't happen. No, you, you can see you can see the bite down on the hand. So I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it got his hand. But nope, he's, he's fine, I guess. I guess he has enough HP to take the blow or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this does nothing but enrage Galdandi because he had a tremendous bond with his serpent. That's what she said. So she did. Anyway, Galdandi is able to pierce Pop with special white feathers that drain his magic power, preventing him from casting his more powerful spells. Then, on top of that, he pierces him with special red feathers that drain his physical stamina. Yeah, Galdandi's really mad and wants to drag out Pop's death. And the the feathers thing, it's like, um, you know, it's a little frustrating because you're just like, oh no, he, he got him, he got him, you know, and you just want him to pull him out, but he can't. Mm-mm. Anyway, Galdandi cuts... Pop once in the arm and then proceeds to pummel his face. He just punches him over and over. Yeah, with a sword in his hand. So it's like the, the yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but as he is about to make the killing blow, once he's satisfied with knocking him around a, bun- a bunch, he is pierced 
and thrown back by a familiar purple-colored energy attack. Hooray! Why, it's Hyunkle, of course, here to say Pop, which Pop is none too enthused about because he still dislikes him. No, he does no, not, not a fan. So we end the episode there and we get a new end credit song. And like the two other songs before it, the dub also has a song in English with uh, English lyrics. So what did you uh, think of this episode, East X? Well, let's see. The the time the anime spends on Dai with his memories wiped out, I actually don't enjoy seeing Dai this way, you know? It feels a little bit like wheel spinning, even if it was probably in the original story and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, like, you know, Dai is a core strength of the show so yeah turning him all all childish a little bit frustrating and we'll get more of that you know in the next episode or two but um but the dragon riders they are very cool i love how they have distinct personalities and designs and mounts all that so um this is the beginning of some really fun fighting with them so that's definitely good stuff Mm. and you what are your thoughts on this pop extravaganza well i thought it was great you know i thought it was interesting how pop used his cowardly past to convince everyone that he was ditching everyone, even though it was just a smokescreen to take on everyone alone. And those poor dragons, though, <laughs> they get smoked. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. <laughs> oh, well, uh, but I'm really looking forward to Hyunkle's fight in the next episode. Oh, yeah. One thing I forgot to mention in the dub, they call Tehran Terran. And uh, it's okay. fresh. Yeah, it's frustrating to me because it's not spelled like we already have a word, Terran, Mm T-E-R-R-A-N. It's not spelled that way. So I just wish they wouldn't pronounce it that way. You know, I don't know if they're trying to avoid the same pronunciation as the actual I think it's a city called Tehran in the Middle East or whatever. Oh, maybe they're in Iran. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're who knows. That's like what the second uh, name name change, uh, name pronunciation change they've done because they they uh, pronounce uh, Zabarera like Zabber, Zabarera. I forget. Zabora or something something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they do mess up a few of the pronunciations and it it may be a deliberate decision on their part. Mm -hmm, But yeah, mm -hmm. it just takes a little getting used to. Here's where we would normally tell you about the equivalent episodes of the classic anime series. Yes. And this covers, well, the rest of the show. Unfortunately, they had to cut the first series short and it ended with episode 46. What a crime. So in the shortened original version, Baron does the same ability that wipes out Dai's memories. However, in this version, in the classic anime, Baron also erects an energy barrier so that no one else can interfere as he tries to wipe out Dai's memories. Dai's actually able to use his own draconic aura to fight back against Baron and is able to prevent his memories from being completely wiped. Dai then counters with a powerful Avon Strash. So powerful, in fact, that it disintegrates his Papnika knife and breaks the energy barrier surrounding him. Not bad. Throughout these last two episodes, they show scenes of Grandpa Brass at home, Mom on her journey to find new powers, and Hyunkle in the destroyed kingdom of Carl. When Dai is almost overcome by Baran, Grandpa Brass is able to sense something is wrong. Yeah, with Mom and Hyunkle, their insignias of Avon react to Dai being in grave danger, which is a nice touch. Hyunkle runs off to try and find Dai, which is good because we understand how he came to help out in, you know, in the newer story as well. Mm-hmm. And Mom, who is unable to help, simply prays for Dai's safety. Baron is able to escape being gravely hurt by Dai's attack and retreats. Promising to confront him again one day in the future. I suppose, yeah, I suppose he did get to confront him again one day in the new show. <laughs> a cut to Kilvern playing chess with Hadlar ensues, where Dark King Vern makes an appearance. 
However, his figure is behind distorted glass, so we never see how they would have designed him in the old show. A shame. Dark King Vern tells Hadlar that Die must be stopped somehow, and Hadlar pledges to do so. Then we see Die and company joke around with each other, and they basically walk into the sunset to end the show. Aw. The narrator explains that Die still has adventures ahead of him to close out the series. You know, it would have been interesting to see how the old show would have handled the rest of the story. Um, it also would have gone a lot more episodes. It took them 46 episodes to do what the new anime does in 26. While the new anime drops small moments from the manga here and there, the old anime pretty much covered everything and even added a few new scenes here and there. And, you know, I love the use of the classic Dragon Quest music that they remixed for the show. It was very unique among Dragon Quest properties in media. Yeah, I'm with you there on that. Um, the new show has a good score. Like the the music, mm. you know, they've got particularly this this heroism theme that they play when somebody's being heroic. Yeah. And, and I really love it. And it brings out the emotion of the scene. But I can't say that I wouldn't just be happier hearing the music from the old show. Like the the classic Dragon music, Dragon Quest music is just so good, you know, and the version that they made for the, the show, it's good right there along. It just adds that extra level of authenticity that we don't get quite from the newer series. It's interesting because it's not just like where, the, where we have like Dragon Quest Treasures or other side games where they just throw in tracks from older Dragon Quest games and they might do like an orchestral version. These are like like someone went in and like remixed it into a very different version of the music, which is very is fascinating to listen to. Indeed. So, I mean, it does it gives you distinguishing things between the old series and the new series. You know, they both have great strengths to enjoy about them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it is quite a shame that the old series was cut short but thank goodness the new series got to run to completion yes we're lucky we're very lucky and privileged that they were able to do the new series to to do the whole story of the manga it was great heck but yeah they better finish the dub <laughs> i know right i heard a rumor that they more, more episodes coming out soon so we'll see but that Fingers was crossed. that's unsubstantiated rumor i had the guy who who was writing about that had no source whatsoever for that just i heard a guy it's like he's okay he's known to be a big liar yeah <laughs> it's like my uncle at nintendo he knows he, he's he knows a guy he knows he knows what's going on but no that's it for our episode summaries unfortunately now we have some sad news today we do as we alluded to earlier dragon quest the adventure of die a hero's bonds the die mobile game will be shutting down service in april i was joking before about never playing it uh, but I did actually start up an account. The gameplay really isn't my thing, and I don't like the equipment gotcha. I, I've learned from doing stars before that just don't like that kind of gotcha either. Yeah. But I still want to play through the story and see what it's about. Does it just go through the story from the anime and manga, or does it have its own original story? Both. You actually have to play one to unlock the other and vice versa. I'm interested in getting through the original story before this game shuts down. Will it have a complete ending, though? From what I've read, they will actually wrap up the original story before the game shuts down. That's nice of them. What do you think of it so far? So it's this uh, interesting tale of an alternate dimension. Oh, what's so alternate about it? Well, basically, there's this mascot character that they have for the game, like all the mobile games have. It's this pink Drackey, and uh, she, and her name's Pinky, and she takes you and she puts you into this alternate dimension along with the other characters that are from Die. And basically, it's a mirror image of the original Die universe, 
but there's these huge crater uh, craters like all throughout the continent and there's this mysterious force behind it and pinky is telling you like oh if we don't you know fix these craters and fix the world then it's actually going to destroy your world too from where you come from so that's oh. kind of like the where they jump off with the story of what's going on but you know, and Tristan Pinky, the the game's mascot, just not uh, not a big fan of that design. Uh, it's a very weird looking pink tracky. I, I think I'll stick with the uh, Magelli and Mendini. Thank you very much. Agreed. Like you were telling me the other day, mascots don't get much sexier than Mendini. Woohoo! Well, do you think the closure of the die game bodes poorly for Tact? No, I, I think Tact is fine. This die game was very niche. And I, I don't think I didn't think it would last very long. The fact that the Japanese side is closing down too means it just wasn't making enough money anymore. You know. Meanwhile, TAC just got a, a commercial campaign advertising the new Dragon Quest IV event. Looks very healthy. I agree. TAC siphons all my disposable income, after all, which is pretty much enough to run a small company. <laughs> also, it's something that practically any Dragon Quest fan can enjoy. They don't need to be familiar with a specific anime or manga, just a venerable RPG series. Yes, totally agree. You know, Tact is a more general game that has wider appeal, especially when compared to the Die game. It's been pretty successful, and I expect it to be more like Dragon Quest Monster Super Light that is about to celebrate its ninth year running in Japan. Uh, Dragon Quest gacha games, at least in Japan anyways, generally last a long time. With the new Battle Royale-style Champions game opening up soon, they'll be back to having six, count them, six active gacha games at one time. The only other one to shut down in Japan was Rivals, which still managed to last a good four years. So, you know, Stars didn't do so well here, but Tac seems to have done pretty well so far. Guess so. And here we are celebrating two years of Tact in the West. Here's to many more. Here, here. We've got some other more positive die news for you all. Yes, very musical news. The musical composer for the latest die anime, Yuki Hayashi, will be performing a live concert in Yokohama, Japan, in April. Man, I wish I could go to that. I read they'll have a full orchestra and will be accompanied by scenes from the anime. How cool. Maybe they'll record it and release it some way so we can see it? That's my hope. Maybe. Our last piece of news is that the Avon prequel manga will be published in France. Oh, and that is exciting. I hope that it means it will be published in other countries as well, especially here. France will be the first country to see it published outside of Japan. Omelette du fromage. Viva la France. <laughs> Whenever Penny starts laughing in a horrible French accent, <laughs> that means it's time to end the show. Thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 27 and 28 of The Adventure of Die, Crunchyroll, Hoopla, Voodoo, the Microsoft Store, or the BBC iPlayer. We don't use Patreon, but if you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at woodis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den Dragon Quest fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running. The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything, and it contains 100% of the recommended daily amount of vitamin D. 
We even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy by our resident artist, Wayne. See the link for it in the show notes. As part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or Stu, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Twitch. Seriously, follow me. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday, kids. Getting back to Dragon Quest, consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, the only forums that are guaranteed to be 100% Dragon Lord free. Wink. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at woodis.com forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers, Dragon Quest Tact Global, and Infinity Strash Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there. Or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, including Pendy, Woodis, the Dragon's Den, and The Last of Us for being a really great show. And a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. We'll catch you later, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here. This is Gutrude for Slime Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure.